Would you feel more comfortable on an improv stage or canoeing in the backcountry? Find out which Book Interrupted member you're most like by visiting www.bookinterrupted.com forward slash members. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. I love taking things personally. I, I love like taking things personally. <laughs> it made me feel very uncomfortable, that part of the book. Or a narcissist, mm-hmm. right? Um, my yeah. needs, my needs. What they're saying, nonviolent communication, but it's really just another way to control the person who's being abused. I think if both okay. parties are willing to dance, Someone but if you're the need. one that you're like, you're like dragging the body That's like it. across it the dance floor. He calls the obnoxious phase, which is like an obnoxious name for it. It's a little rude. Um, my body is the information is the Trying to learn something new. Without being disrupted. My body and soul. Information is the Trying to learn something new. Without being disrupted. Mind, body, and soul. Welcome to Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from June 20th to July 25th. It's Meredith's book pick, and we're reading Nonviolent Communication by Marshall B. Rosenberg. Nonviolent communication illustrates how to use language to strengthen your relationships, build trust, prevent conflict, and heal. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. Is what we're saying here, I'm just trying to like, in my own head, understand a bit better here, is kind of like what we're all saying is great book, great tools, but let's not convince ourselves that there is one cookie cutter approach that's the beat all, the end all for all people. And that for those that we decide are close to us because we've touched upon like we can't do this 24 7 so in a way it demands being discerning and selective for those that we do decide that we care enough about that we want to engage maybe in a more meaningful connection or means of support is it kind of inviting us to really know who we're dealing with like that whole personal approach like the difference between kim and Lindsay is that it almost reminds me of trust building exercises where in order to one of the steps of building trust with another is becoming a student of that person so that you can't ever assume that this is going to work for Meredith, this is going to work for Leah, and it's going to work for all of us all in the same way because it's not. That is taking away who those people authentically are, that we can't apply one cookie cutter approach and we are being invited to be selective with who want to engage with. And part of that is understanding who that person is. And then for the person who is struggling, there actually is a responsibility if they want to be treated in a certain manner to find a way to share. I think what I need right now is fill in the blank. Is that kind of like what we're all saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For me, the self-compassion part is big. Yeah. I also think there was some cookie cutter part would work for anyone if they chose to use it. Like sussing out the difference between feelings and 
observations or interpretations yeah. rather. Mm. Like that's like just a good tool for everyone because all the time, or we use interpretations as feeling words. I think just mm -hmm. as like everyone does. I feel unappreciated. I feel manipulated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, that's not yeah. a feeling. So let's get down to the feeling. Yeah. yeah. That's just a good, that was kind of an interesting, I guess, list in the book that I like a lot. Yeah. I didn't like the test because I didn't pass it fully when it was like, you know, and oh, it dear. gave you all the things and it was like, you have to identify which ones oh, are the, and I was like, I was like, well, one through seven is all of them. And then he goes, if you chose this, and I was like, oh, I love how the wording on the quiz is where it's like, not the, like you're I, wrong. I do not actively agree with you. Totally. <laughs> like, oh. I will not judge you, Say it, but dude. you guys don't agree about it. You're yeah. in agreement. He does sound like an android a lot of time, though. I think that's probably why there's more books about, like, because it's such an old kind of process, there's more books because, like, this one comes off as very, I don't know, like, the way he talks. If somebody talked to you like that, I don't know. You just be like... No, that's, yeah, that's what my friend was saying. She's like, it's good for <laughs> conflict resolution. Like, because she, she's a psychotherapist for children and parents, right? So... She says it's a good tool to be like, so you're feeling this and you need this. And then she's like, do you hear? Can you repeat that? Like, it's good for that between parents and children that yeah, are communicating well. Yeah, you can only well. really use this with someone who is willing to participate with you. Well, yep. you skills yep. on your own. Well, I mean, you could just, it's like holding try. yourself to a higher standard, I guess. Maybe just I've, being like. You could use it I've as a guide to identify your needs and, and express them. But if yeah. someone that you're having that communication with is unfamiliar and or unwilling or out of touch with their own needs and abilities to express them, then it's kind of just a dead end. But that's, I, I guess that's kind of my me. point is that like you do your best and then whatever somebody else does is on them. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's that depersonalization too. Like, well, mm -hmm. I expressed my need and I explained why I was feeling the way I'm feeling. And if they're over there taking it so personally that they can't possibly move forward in this communication. There's nothing else I can do about it, except for have the wisdom to understand that it's not about me anymore. You know what I mean? I held up my end of the bargain as far as this communication is concerned. And that's up for someone else to figure out how they can hear feedback or not. You know, like that's that, that's where I kind of stop with you, Mayor, when you're like, I don't want to be responsible for someone else's feelings. Like, and I mean, maybe you didn't mean that. But in the circumstances that I'm describing right now, I won't be responsible for someone else's feelings. There's a whole bunch of history and narrative and so many things that you can't control that someone has that they bring to the table when you communicate something to them. If you do yeah, your you best- Yeah, you were great at that, Kim, when we had that slightly violent communication. <laughs> <laughs> in, what was it now? What book was that, y'all? Uh, Untamed. It was Untamed, but we started talking about, we started talking about racial things. It was about tone policing. Tone policing. Yeah tone policing and you were really good when we loop back you were like no I like you didn't take any of it personally and I was like fuck me I love taking things personally I, I love like taking things personally <laughs> yeah I had yeah. the benefit of already like experiencing the feelings of taking things personally from reading like from pre-reading oh yeah you know what yeah. I mean and, and then I recognized your reaction because I had experienced similar reactions so it was empathy Right. Because I knew mm. I could understand why you were feeling how you're feeling. And I knew it wasn't about me. Like I just knew yeah. like it's just not. Right. And so. Yeah. Yeah. If we had read, maybe if we'd read white, if we had wed, um, <laughs> we, we had, had read white, white, <laughs> white fragility before 
I guess yeah. that conversation. I'm, mm. I'm, I'd like to think I would understand it better. You would have, because that's exactly why I was able to, because I had read some literature already that like opened me up to the whole thing. And the first thing yeah. that happens to you when you first get opened up to it is you freak out. <laughs> so like, yeah. Yeah. but like, I just didn't do it here. I already had it. Yeah. I already had my freak out. I like to save things for the internet. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> then the most people can see it. Yeah, then, then better like, that way. It, God willing. Oh. Yeah. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. This interruption is that I am in Newfoundland. My partner is the production manager of a theater festival out here every summer. And uh, we decided that it would be great that I come out and work with him for the summer. So I'm working in theater again, which has been a really long time since I've worked in theater. And uh, it'll be really fun. So we've got here, we're quarantining for a couple of weeks, and then I'll be working in the festival in beautiful Newfoundland, out of the city and with the fresh air. It's just wonderful. Book interrupted. Oh I, think, I think though like when we talk about feeling res- like he's like don't feel responsible for other people's feelings but there's kind of like a conflicting need in there I think because there's certain people in my life that though I don't want to be responsible for their feelings it's important for me that they are not stressed the people that I love very much I don't want them to suffer and because I love them so much and part of the way that I show that love is like doing things for people or, or trying to be there and try to help them work through it maybe, or just doing things for them to make their lives less stressful if they're in a situation, then there's a bit of a conflicting need there because I might not have the energy to work through their emotions and needs and feelings if they're not in touch with them, but then I want to. So this is another like, Mm. I need this and I need this. And can I do them both at the same time? Yeah, Mare and I are both, I think, from what I know, bad at boundaries with certain family members. Yeah. Like our walls are, we got probably have great boundaries in other parts of our lives, but with family or maybe certain members of family, it's like I'm a human sponge. Like your emotion is my emotion. And I find <laughs> yeah. lots of times doers or people who do things for people as a form mm-hmm. of giving love almost are creating a codependency with it. To a certain extent, or at least that's me. It's like I'm creating the monster as well. Mare and I are really in the same boat on this one. It is. I think that's what I'm thinking. Like, I feel like it's an opportunity to look inward. Yeah. I understand Mare on this because we have very similar partners. Well, I was going to say something similar to that. Like, if Meredith plays out what she's saying, her conflicting Mm -hmm. need is actually reinforced because if you are potentially make a misstep and you go somewhere you shouldn't go because you don't have the time to give it but the conflicting need kind of takes you there then you create in yourself the inability to meet you know what I mean like it self-perpetuates so by virtue of being able to observe that you can come to the conclusion that that's not uh, you don't actually effectively take care of them so you're not meeting your need either way I know, right? but so there's I a love different it way kind to meet of too. That it's need. so romantic. It's like <laughs> we're so into each other that like he's sad, so I'm sad, and I'm sad, so it's he's romantic. sad, and we're both fucking 
creating this awful. But again, there's a difference between so romantic. Is it or is it? Like I'm miserable and I hate him, but God, I love him. What's the real need? Is it a true need or is it a compulsive need that drives a pre-existing narrative? Like what we talked about with mom is that the way that she loves is through her actions. So Mm -hmm. she has to do if someone who she loves in her family is struggling, that is actually requiring a lot of internal check-ins on her part to say, am I taking this lesson away from the person that I love by interfering Uh, and doing an action? Am I actually doing this for the other individual or am I taking an action because it is placating the anxiety that is built up into a pressure cooker in that I won't be needed if I don't compulsively try to solve and fix others. And she's coming from such a great heartfelt intention place but to ignore the fact that it's coming from her own inner work. That's her opportunity to grow through that. Yeah. So I think like kudos to you, Meredith, for calling it out and you, Leah, for owning up that part of the way you love is doing actions. But is that necessarily what is best suited like or helpful like we'll for, for the individual? Is it the most loving like I'm wearing him as a skin suit? Um, what kind I mean, of suit are you wearing? Skin suit. Skin suit. <laughs> wearing it. Like, a, I want to do all his feelings for him. I just, like, I don't know. I got messy boundaries. Mayor, I'm not projecting this onto you. <laughs> I hope. I feel like it's because, like, when you love someone, like Mayor said, you want to help them, like, avoid, you know, you don't want to see them suffer. You want to help right? them, but their needs be fulfilled as well. Right? But sometimes when, that suffering yeah, is connection. their need. Sometimes they need to suffer. And and it's your need that you're, your your need to not have them suffer that you're, you're tending to, but you're calling it their need. You're helping them with their need. I have an example. Okay. When I first read this book, because there's somebody in my life and they, what I assumed they wanted was like connection, right? But how they try to get that connection is kind of saying the same things over and over. And it's just like being stuck and never getting there, like running around in a circle. And so I said, okay, I'm going to try to figure out, I'm going to interrupt this story that I've heard many times before. And I'm going to try to see what this story is really trying to convey. And so I started asking like very pointed questions they've never asked before. Whereas normally I might get frustrated because the story will continue no matter what I say normally. And mm-hmm. my feedback will not change the story. And so it's, it's kind of that, like, like I'm not feeling heard, which is kind of be frustrating because then my need for connection is not being fulfilled. And then I realized that their need for connection wasn't being filled either. So what are we doing here? Right. And then, so I started asking very pointed questions. And for the first time on this particular story, it changed. And we started talking about completely different things, not completely, but different things within it. And then it stopped. And it was like, it was over. Like after many, many years of the same story, the story had changed and finally stopped running in a circle and found a destination. So you started to ask different questions about the details of the story. I was listening differently. She was being disruptive. She disrupted. Well, your feeling of not being heard led Mm -hmm. you to create a situation. Because the reason that I feel like that person told the same story over and over again is because they never felt heard. 
Mm-hmm. And so your yeah, feeling so of not ironic. being heard compelled yeah. you to to engage differently. And then obviously they felt heard by the way that you engaged with them. And then True. happily I mean, ever this, after. Yeah. And I, I mean, he does talk about that in the book where you could like just think about your own needs or you can think about your needs and others' needs, knowing that you're not responsible for them, but also trying to help them fulfill their needs if you want a connection. And if you, right, like you can't have a strong connection with everybody because then you would just, you just wouldn't be able to do it. You wouldn't have enough energy, but mm-hmm. to do that or empathy. But, you know, he does talk about the different stages where being like oblivious and thinking responsible for everybody's feelings. And then he calls the obnoxious phase, which is like an obnoxious name for it. It's a little rude. Um, if you're yeah, in that phase. Yeah. That's right. my it's a little judgmental, isn't it? It reminds me of yeah, right? Tim Scott's uh, Radical non- Candor book. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, and then he called the last one something about like something freedom emotional freedom yeah. or whatever, where you are in touch with your needs, you're in touch with other people's needs, and you can help them fulfill their needs without sacrificing your own. So I don't think yeah, it's think bad to be things. like, that person has a need, and I have a need to help them fulfill it, because that's kind of part of having connection, in my opinion. I think if both parties are willing to dance, but if you're the one that you're like, you're like dragging the body, like across the dance floor, and they're like, limp. <laughs> it has to be consensual. That person that was telling you the story over and over was trying to connect with you, but if yes. you're right, so you were able to try to use some of these methods to shift that convert. You know what I mean? Because you had yeah. a need and they had a need. But if you have someone that not actually wanting, do you know what I mean? They just want to complain or whatever. They don't actually want to use these tools, and then it's just like you're talking to a wall. And you have to decide. It's like choosing your battles. Like, are you going to put your energy here or you're just going to say, okay. And then well, you have to see if your needs align because I could take this same thing where someone has a need for something and I have a need to help them, right? And well, if it's Lindsay and Lindsay just wants me to sit and be quiet, then my That's need helping her. is, yeah, no, but if my need is to help her in a, in, in the way, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like you feel like, because sometimes the way that you describe your needs, it sounds like it's a justification for how you want to engage. You know what I mean? Like if I call it my need, that's all I'm saying. We have to to be aware. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be aware Mm. of if our needs are actually our needs that we're supposed to be honoring nonviolently through this form of communication, or if they're I don't know, like attempts to control or like other or manipulate or whatever. Yes. There's, a, there's a thing that I was reading earlier about uh, how nonviolent communication can be used against uh, people who are abused because if the person who is the abuser, if the person who is being abused stands up and says, this is, I need, you know, like, or something like says, stop doing that or whatever says something, please don't, you know, whatever, yell at me or, or don't hit me or whatever it is. And the, the abuser says, well, you speaking to me in that tone is making me feel sad because, of, and it changes the narrative. So then it's about the abuser again. And so the person who's being abused is then being manipulated once again with, this is what the article said, yes. with nonviolent, uh, in, in their, what they're saying, nonviolent communication, but it's really just another way to control the person who's being abused. I mean, and that's not using it in good faith either. Because no. like the whole point is connection and empathy. And I was thinking the same, too, same thing too, because if you took this system and gave it to a sociopath, then they'd be like, well, I'm being kind. And they could use it as a, as a way to gaslight. Or a narcissist, mm-hmm. right? Um, my yeah. needs, my needs. Like, yeah. But, and I think, I mean, like anything, you got to kind of take these tools with a grain of salt because 
you know, a sociopath or a narcissist might use any tool, not in good faith. Yeah. If you focus on the connection, then, you know, I mean, obviously people can stumble along the way. You can't get it right every time. I had a problem with that, kind of had a problem with that part too, Lindsay, in the book, where they say with abusers that you should empathize with the abuser first and find out what their needs are and feelings are first. And that makes me spit my coffee out. Like the whole thing. So then they can find out and that's how you can mediate between the two. Like I had a really, it made me feel very uncomfortable that part of the book. Yeah, I didn't. I was like, ooh, that's kind of icky for me. Like I He also like, says that about anger. There's like that whole section about he's in a taxi cab or something. I can't remember exactly, but he's in a cab and somebody is saying all this like racial slurs about somebody. Yeah. He's like, well, I ha- I need to empathize and take the time to empathize with why that person's feeling. I was like, no, I don't want to take the time to empathize. If someone's spouting hate, I you have no time for me. I'm not gonna empathize yeah, yeah. with you. I'm not gonna So that bothered me too. And that's the similar kind of idea, Sarah, is yeah, I'm not going to empathize with an abuser. I'm not going to empathize with someone who's shouting hate about people. Like, no. It does make you wonder, would he like amend some of these things in today's uh, world where there's a lot of troll, like trolling is (laughs) way more rampant than it was. Or it's like, you know, that person who's spewing hate might not be interested at all in connecting or having being empathized with or whatever, right? So they're interested in attention. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I agree. Like he would take on things where I'm just like, that's my like choose my battles. And I'm not gonna, you know, I like how he likes with the with the driving, for example, where he gets angry in the car and then he em- empathizes with himself, being like, Why am I so angry? Like it's probably just fine. And that was that old lady who was like going really slow and looked terrified. And he's like, Oh, I'm glad that I stopped and like checked my anger. I like those kind of tools because mm-hmm. you can control yourself. Most of the time, sometimes I feel like I'm out of control. That's the anger part. But it's nice to try practicing these tools because I don't know. I like the idea of understanding others, even people who choose to behave poorly. Yeah, you don't have to engage, but just understanding where they're coming from can really help yourself not get pulled in. But I think we're all allowed to decide for ourselves. So like what you're saying, like choose your own battles. I think Lindsay is right. Like if she was in a taxi cab and she was like, no, I'm not playing this game. Like, I think she has every right to choose that she can just leave and not try to seek for more understanding. But I don't think we can just write off. Yeah, again, we're back to those blanket statements or those cookie cutter approaches. Like I'm even changing the way that section, Sarah, also was uncomfortable for me as well. And I don't even want to use the term abuser anymore because that takes away from the humanity of the individual. And I know I'm prone to tipping into over empathizing to the point of enabling. I absolutely own that. But when I do try to take a step back, I know that I would appreciate if I was having very poor methods of communication, whether that's with my body or my words, I know I'd appreciate the fuck out of someone that took the opportunity and time to want to understand me and not label me an abuser because I am more than that. No, and I get that it it's uncomfortable. But I just think that we need first. to choose for ourselves. Yeah. And you have to look after yourself. But if you are curious about maybe why someone is behaving so poorly, and it doesn't mean that they get uh, get out of jail free. It is not saying that this person, uh, well, because all these bad things happened to them when they were growing up and now they're a blatant a-hole, you know, that that means that they don't have to take any responsibility. But yeah, there's just 
I don't know. I'm just speaking from like personal experiences. I don't know that I any longer feel comfortable labeling at least some people as abusers. I'd rather label them as who they are, who have abusive tendencies. And them first, yeah. Sarah, because they're more likely to be aggressively pursuing the violent communication. Mm-hmm. So I think it's disarming tactic. I think it's a strategy, right? Mm-hmm. So we get the abuser mm-hmm. feeling heard, and then obviously they should lessen their aggression because oh. that's and what, then that's the victim's not first. scared to, to speak up as well because right, the right, victim right. might be too anxious to say anything if they think that the the person who's more likely to use violent communication or other means is going to get triggered right because they're going to be protection mode oh so that's why they get to go first does that maybe feel uncomfortable the first like what so their needs are the most important it's like a de-escalating because that's what makes me feel uncomfortable right it feels like going first is special but kind of because their needs are the ones if they're not met that can lead to a black eye like yeah so maybe (laughs) like Whichever need is going to result in the physical whatever. Yeah, and it totally. Although that just shows you, I'm a flighter. Yeah, so. You're like, needs? I don't know. I'm out of here. Be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. Like, see ya. <laughs> also, it made me realize when we were reading, I like how he had the needs part and the, like, you know, they had the all the, the emotions, which is great. But the needs are what I have the hard, yeah. hardest time with. And realize after, I would say 90% of all my conflicts have to do with my need for peace. <laughs> That's it. So leave me and alone. I, like, and, and I realized that my husband, his primary need is peace too. And we have three children. So I, like, now that I've read the book, I hear all the time, both of us, even my husband this morning said to the kids, he's like, she said, my, my daughter said, oh, you're, you, you just go upstairs or you just watch soccer all day yesterday. And he's like, yes, because I need peace. And I that need doesn't peace. happen yeah. if you guys are, if I'm downstairs with you guys. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And my primary need is peace too. So maybe that's why we communicate so well. Well, don't you think that sometimes your need for peace is the very reason you find yourself in conflict? Because you choose a fake peace over top of engaging in conflict? Ooh, yeah. Right? For so many things. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. All my conflicts go back to that need for peace. All of them. I did something to like temporarily stop this conflict because I need peace. And I like all, like when I thought while reading the book that all of them, like people pleasing to prevent the P and then a bigger conflict down the road, like later being like, why did I do that? Because now this is worse. Like it, my need for peace causes all my conflicts for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Does everybody else have a specific need that they noticed that was really. No, I have to look at it. I know I have to look at them too. I don't know. It's page 44. I'm just like, Sarah, I'm like, need for peace. And I always do the short-term gain that leads to the long-term shit. Damn it. And that doesn't work for kids. It doesn't. Doesn't. One of my kids' primary needs is autonomy. And so she wants to do everything. And sometimes I just want to be like inside myself. And so it's, everything is, you know, everything. Although she's getting really good at cooking, so. Mine's on 55. Oh, how many need lists are there? I love the needless because 232, 232 has like a, yeah, 232 has a list. Oh, there's lots of needless. I marked yeah. the one at 55. Oh, I see it. Yeah, I have an appendix. I didn't even know, to, I, ha- I didn't even know I had this. I wonder if Leah's is fun. Oh yeah, way up there oh, is for fun. Sure. And for the sure. one that popped right off the page when, when I opened the interdependence one, 
is like honesty is like super high on my list. The empowering honesty that enables us to learn from our limitations. Like that's why I have to talk through problems that can be talked through. Like I have to be on it brutally. I yeah, don't have you do. to be, but I like to be super brutally honest of who, how, what I've done. And unfortunately for people who have to have that conversation with me, I'm a horrible mirror. Like I will tell you exactly what I think. And I try and do it in a nice way, but like I'm really honest and that's hard on people. I love it about you. I justify it because like, some of the messages that you're delivering honestly are super painful, but it only shows how much I love you because I don't want to make you feel bad, but the fact that I love you trumps that. Yeah, like to me, that is love. Like to be honest with me, I guess that would be the need to be seen in mm-hmm. like really be seen, even in the ugly parts and still love. So mm-hmm. I guess I would say that's my primary need is to be seen or heard. Yeah. So are we picking like a thing from a category or are we picking a category like is leah's interdependence then or is it literally well mine is interdependence honesty. and definitely fun and laughter are like my primary like i can't yeah what's the point of getting out of bed which is hilarious because you're like here's some truth now let's laugh oh you're not ready to laugh because i told you all that truth well i also <laughs> like laughing at like how weird and awful we are like disgusting me too i like to laugh at how bad the truth is <laughs> You know, like, yeah, like how bad, like I'm like how psychotic I like in the moment I can't do it. But like after like, oh, my God, can you believe if we have to pick a category? Mine would be spiritual communion because peace, order, beauty, harmony, inspiration. All (laughs) those are the most important things in my life. Everything else I could actually just other than like food and air and stuff like I could care less. Yeah. Well, everybody needs physical. Yeah. Whatever that air, food, rest. Yeah, other than those things, yeah, mine is definitely, if I have the category, all those things. That's fine. Mine is sexual expression. No, I'm just joking. I I knew it! I think my category, most of them fall under interdependence for me. If I was going to choose the category, yeah. Okay, this tells you how much of a loner I am. So, autonomy, it's probably a, a tie between autonomy and integrity. Just like mostly I just want to be left alone to do what I want to (laughs) do. I just want super hard to be a mom and have a child. I just want to be allowed to learn something new. I want to do woodworking. I want to play the piano. I want to write. I want to be inside my head and not have to interact with anybody when I'm feeling like I need to fill my bucket. That's what I need. I need people to leave me alone. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to do stuff with them. And so that's why it's really hard, especially like my daughter wants inter, she's very interdependent, but she also needs autonomy as well, but she's only five. So she can't do everything by herself. I don't want her using the stove by herself, even though she technically can. If something goes wrong, I have to be available. Like she doesn't know how to use a fire extinguisher. I know. That's my kid too, man nightmare it's like she wants to do everything with me but hates my guts and any of my ideas (laughs) yes she doesn't want to do it my way she wants to do it her way but you have to stand here and watch me do it though like okay go do it yourself go for it kiddo no you have to come with me to watch me ignore you yeah it's like here's the recipe she's like but i want to do it this way i'm like but it won't rise that way or whatever but she wants to do it her she wants to do what i'm doing but her way yeah. So what do you think you are, Lindsay? 
I know you hate yeah, cater- categorizing yourself, so I want yeah, to Yeah, this is hard. I don't know why I asked this question. You need all, all of these answer. things. The things you need all of them. But like when you're yeah. feeling like stressed, I just mean don't. like dom. What's your dom? What thing you think dominant? Yeah, I mean honesty. I'm all for that. That's that's a big thing for me. Creativity is important. I don't know. I'm kind. I feel like I'm a little bit of so many things, but that's what I always feel like. That's okay. That's a Maybe. type. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can have something from everywhere. Like understanding and trust are really important to me too. Like I don't, I it takes me a while to trust people and to let them be part of my life and for me to want them to be close to me. So I think that's important. I don't know. It's hard understanding, I guess. I mean, so many of them. You need them all. Is mm-hmm. the thing. Like love, reassure. You know, like you could. But say where do you go when your bucket's awful. empty? Like when your bucket's empty, what is the thing that's going to fill it? Well, creativity. Then that would be. I would, yeah, as you I, say, I feel like if you had a category, yeah. you would be integrity, but that's me. I think so too. You. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning, creativity, sense. authenticity, like you I thought the exact true. same not thing. Yourself. Yeah. Now yeah. that you say that, yes, Meaning. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to fill my bucket, it would definitely be, yeah, stuff in that category for sure. I don't know. It's, it's so hard. I don't know it's why. It's hard. <laughs> because you need them all. That's the thing we all yeah. need. Well, them yeah. You all. feel that's like why. if you pick one, you're saying you don't need another. Yeah. Like I need love. Too, yeah, but yeah. I, I'm still like I, spiritual communion for sure. Peace, order, harmony. Yeah, that is you. <laughs> Where like I need emotional safety, need but I don't. I can also do pretty well with when I don't have emotional safety. <laughs> you know, like Sarah, I feel like bad, you need like, emotional safety a lot. Do you think that's true? Um, yeah, yeah, I think I, I can um, operate. This but that's book just because has been of things that happened in the past, right? Like you learn. Yeah, to operate. I need emotional. Safety. Like there's lots of things in here that I need. That you like, need. I know. I like, just. I, I think that like I don't think I would need emotional safety that much, but I feel like no, I need that word. I'm like Kara needs that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, can I think fill my part of uh, feeling like I can bring myself forward is establishing is there emotional safety here? Yeah. Otherwise, I'll just I'll withhold parts of myself for sure. Yeah, present your this, best self. Oh, for sure. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Are you having a hard time waiting for the next episode because you can't get enough of the Book Interrupted crew? We've got you covered. At Unpublished, you can connect with all sorts of behind-the-scenes action. It's like an all-access backstage pass. Go to our website at www.bookinterrupted.com slash unpublished for your free trial today. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. And he's like, oh, but it seemed like you're mad. I'm like, if I was mad, I'd be um, mumbling under my breath. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dear. You dance it out. Which is yeah. like adorable and delightful. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, no, I mean everyone's going to do it, so I'll do it, but I don't like it. Road rage, that is the only mm. place that I don't blame myself first. I always blame the other. <laughs> you know, when we're about to express some kind of emotion or when we're empathizing or with anything, just taking that moment to just stop and take a breath. I feel that like I want to go through the fight and I like stop myself. I'm like, Nope, I'm going to flight. <laughs> I'll like remove myself. <laughs> Book interrupted. Never forget every child matters.